Welcome to the Small Business Community Network podcast, your connection to the small business community. Visit us online at www.sbcncanada.org and find out how we can help your business grow. We're proudly supported by TELUS, the future is friendly, and by Prime Information Security, because business is risky enough. Linda OJ here, co-founder of the Small Business Community Network with another SBCN Small Biz Podcast. Today I'm chatting for the first time with this podcast with Nathan Parsons, owner of Verve Electric and Verve Home. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Linda. So I'm excited that this is our first podcast chat and what I'd like to do is uh, kind of let you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about, you know, your business. Sure. So, um, so my name is Nathan Parsons. Uh, I am owner-operator of Verve Electric Inc. Um, we're a family-owned electrical contracting uh, company in the KW area. Um, I opened for business last year, uh, just at the end of June, um, but I have been in the trade for almost 15 years now. Um, got into the trade right out of high school and, uh, just been doing it ever since I've worked all over, uh, Southern Ontario. And, uh, so it's me and my wife, uh, my wife does all the office work. Uh, she does all the scheduling and appointments. She handles all the emails and phone calls. Uh, we are currently up to five employees right now. And, um, yeah, so uh, we just mainly do residential, uh, a lot of service calls and um, maintenance work, mm-hmm. uh, but we get into a little bit of everything. So Wow. And how long did you say you've been in business? Uh, just over a year, probably about 15 months now. And you've already grown to five people working for you. It looks like you've got a tight partnership with your wife, your life partner, yes. which is awesome because um, I think when you and I first met, we were talking about how it is difficult to find someone to work with you. You first have to build the trust and the compatibility. But I guess sometimes, you know, when we are working with our our husbands, our life partners, there can be challenges. Um, What made uh, Holly decide she wanted to work with you? Because I know you have a small child as well, so it must be hard for both of you to juggle. Um, Well, it was um, Holly had, uh, she had a university degree and uh, in getting her university degree, she kind of decided that wasn't the field she wanted to work in. So, she wasn't really sure. She worked some retail jobs. She decided to go back to college and uh, took an administrative assistant course um, at Conestoga. Uh, once she got that, she got into an administrative position in the office, worked there for a few years. And uh, when she, when we became pregnant with our son, uh, she needed to take some time off. There was just some stresses in the pregnancy. So she took some time off prior to the mat leave uh-huh. and then, uh, and then the mat leave. And we decided that, uh, at the end of it, it basically really wasn't worth having her go back to work and then pay daycare and whatnot. Uh-huh. We, so we decided to kind of just, uh, tighten things up and have her stay home with Connor. Uh-huh. Uh, so she did that for two years before the business opened. And, uh, and then it kind of just naturally, you know, we discussed it for a long time before we opened, but, 
seems to be the more, most logical step was to have her do all the admin yeah. stuff and uh, whatnot. It looks like yeah. you, you planned and prepared for the future, which I'm really proud of you doing that because... I, I meet with a lot of small businesses, particularly the new ones, and they've done no planning. They haven't thought about the future. They haven't thought about the partner and, and you know, if they, it will be a long-term partnership. So I think you and Holly um, are a strong team and you've planned for the future, and that's one of the biggest things, you know, that I like. So in these early days of, of, of you know, running your business, you are exceedingly busy because it's trades. Everybody needs the kind of work you've got. But yeah. how do you find you're dealing with being super busy? Like, I know you have people who work for you now, but, I mean, mm-hmm. do you manage to, um, how can I say this, manage your free time with, um, you know, Holly and your son and the rest of your family? How do you work out when you can have free time? Are you, are you a workaholic mm-hmm. already? Well, uh, I've always been a bit of a workaholic uh, back when I worked for someone else. I mean, it wasn't uncommon for me. We work in uh, 60-something to 70 hours a week uh, before uh, Connor was born. Um, But basically, we kind of uh, amalgamate our uh, personal and business lives sometimes. You know, uh, Holly comes to some of the business meetings with me. Uh, we take Connor to certain things, depending if it's appropriate. Um, and like, even, uh, I have a job at Conestoga Lake in Mapleton, uh, right now. I had to go drop off some material one day and Holly and Connor came with me to drop the material off and, and kind of prep the job. So we, uh, you know, we make time to, to spend some time together and whatnot. And when we can get away a little bit, we try, mm-hmm. but, uh, and like I was telling you the other day, we, I had, a. Some training the entire first week of March, five days I was uh, in training. So Holly and it was in Markham, and Holly and Connor came and stayed in the hotel with me. So we really try to yeah. try to make the most of the situations that we're we're together whenever possible. You are ticking all my boxes. You seem like the perfect business. Um, obviously, we all have challenges in business. Um, hopefully, you haven't had any. But can you remember? Any challenges that you might have had in your first few months of, you know, starting your business? Uh, uh, it's some some customers are uh, just impossible to please. Like, uh, no, really? Just, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, we always we always strive for our best. Like, I, you know, uh, my crew, I try to keep very, you know, uh, polite. Mm-hmm. And clean cut. I'm always, I always kind of encourage the guys. You know, it's we're dealing directly with customers, so yeah. there is a lot that you have to take into consideration. You know, making sure you remove your boots, uh, making sure you clean them up after yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a gentleman a few years ago who his brother-in-law, I think it was, had a roofing company, and they had a magnet out on the lawn, and they were done picking up all the nails and everything like that. And he said, you know, my friend asked his brother-in-law, he's like, well, what, like, why are you? going so crazy on the cleaning. Mm-hmm. He goes, doesn't matter how good the job is. If there's a mess at the end, that's all they're going to talk about. Wow. They may, they may say, oh yeah, the roof looks great, but they left a horrible mess. Yeah. It's never going to be just the roof looks great, right? Yeah. So it's that extra step that really helps try to, we always try to do to help set us above yeah. our competition, right? 
So you're setting really high standards for yourself and and the people who work with you. So basically, yes. um, that's awesome because the customer's expectation is not normally that. I mean, I've dealt with with uh, tradespeople in the past, and it's not mm-hmm. always the best job. It's not always the best customer service. So you've right. set an expectation now. It's going to be difficult to carry on with that expectation, but I'm sure you'll do it, Nathan. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess you are in the line of work where tradespeople are rare today. I mean, we're encouraging a lot of school kids today when we, you know, we're mentoring the schools. We encourage them to look at the trades. Do you think that is changing a bit and more kids are going to college for the trades? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure what the trends are right now, but uh, I'll, I will say I graduated in '02 from high school, and uh, and trade was a four-letter word at my high school. It's not something anybody ever talked about. It was I kind of stumbled into it. I ended up taking just an auto shop class, uh, thinking I was going to maybe be a mechanic. I wasn't sure. All I knew, all I really knew, was I wanted to sell my hands, but I didn't understand how apprenticeships and whatnot works. Nobody ever talked about it. Nobody ever really told me, but I was lucky enough to have an auto shop teacher who had been like a mechanic for 20 something, 25 years before he uh, became a teacher. And so he, it didn't make sense. I, I actually had him all through. I had him in grade nine, 10, 11, and 12 for different courses. And I remember in grade nine, he explained apprenticeship and how you get paid and, and education and this and that. It didn't make any sense to me. And then in grade 10, he explained the same thing to me and it still didn't make, he just kind of explained it to class, but he just kind of writes on the board and I'm looking at it going, I don't get it. And then in grade 11, it started to click a little more. It, it started to make a little more sense. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. And I kind of understood the steps and whatnot. And then in grade 12, I took a, what's called the OEAC program. Uh, Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program uh, through my high school, and that's what got me into the trade and, and where I am now. So, uh, but like I said, it's uh, my experience from 15 years ago is nobody talked about the trades at the high school level. I know I, my intuition and gut says it's gotten better, but not quite where it needs to be. Um, there's still a lot of guys that try it out and don't finish just because of uh, kind of being. Uh, jerked around by the employers and yeah. whatnot so they don't actually get into their apprenticeship properly or they don't finish it and so I know there's a lot of struggles in that yeah there's a lot of struggles in that stuff as well so that's a shame but uh, I mean in your case what you've, you've done today you shared your story about why and how you got started so maybe mm-hmm. uh, we do have a lot of listeners who are students at high okay. school yeah and universities who are wondering mm-hmm. how to get to that next level do you ever go yeah. into the schools as a volunteer and talk about um, why you got into this line of work um, I actually used to. I did a couple um, speeches uh, back when I was 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. My former teacher brought me in to speak to some of the oh, students, awesome. uh, and it was it was good. Um, it's not something that I'm uh, doing right now, but it's something that I'm uh, – we're actually a union contractor, oh. and um, through my union hall, there are – there's some discrepancies between what the school board wants and what the union wants as far uh-huh. as pay versus not pay, et cetera. So yeah. I'm working with my union hall right now to try to figure out a program that will allow us to bring on the OEAC students and they'll get, uh, so they, we are working on it. And once that uh, program kind of gets off the ground, uh, which hopefully will be very soon, yeah. then at that point I'll hopefully be able to uh, schedule some, some talks with the uh, students and then go from there. So, so- 
you know, I don't think you're real. I think you're 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 just in my in my uh, never never land somewhere because basically. Um, you're a sound contractor. You're a sound business after just one year. You're already super busy. You've hired people. You're working with your wife, your life partner, your business party. You have a small son. You manage to juggle everything. It looks like with a laugh and a smile. You seem very relaxed. You give back to your community. You have every tick box that says you were going to be even more successful than you are now. What I'd love to do is invite you back for another podcast when you're available because I'd like to know what your five-year plan is because we always have to plan ahead, don't we? Yes. So I'd love to find out more about your five-year plan. Um, And I'd also like to know a little bit more about, you know, I do know that you have to hire um, a con- um, an electrician such as yourself who mm-hmm. is fully, what would you call it? Um, so it, um, it's, we're referred to as licensed electrical contractors well, or yeah. an LEC. Um, so it's not, it's not as easy as people think, oh, I can just hire an electrician. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. The, a licensed electrical contractor is a company, like the, the contractor. Mm-hmm. And the contractor will send an electrician to your job, but it, it does make a difference because um, if you're not a licensed electrical contractor, you don't have uh, the proper tickets, mm-hmm. you're not paying the proper fees and wow. insurances and uh, permit, like permitting, et cetera. It's, it, it's a much more complex than just hiring an electrician. Right? I mean, where would that leave the person? Let's say you were doing um, home, home renovations, you were doing work mm-hmm. for homes. Where would it leave the homeowner if something went wrong? If, if they're not licensed like you, that could mm-hmm. mean that the homeowner is left hanging and their insurance company won't. Yes. won't. So that, that, that's something we really should talk about yes. because so yes. many people are getting into business today, whether it's your kind of business, graphic designers, um, whatever, yes. and sometimes yes. they don't take it as serious as they should and it leaves their customer right. hanging. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, yeah, it, you this, but, So... Um, so absolutely, if, if anything were to happen and you had not hired a licensed electrical contractor, uh, your insurance is, is going to say to that. Void, yeah. but, well, they're going to they're investigate, and then if, if the issue is found to be mm-hmm. that it was something that someone did without proper credentials, mm-hmm. they're going to they're not going to help you out. Uh, along with that, um, what a lot of people don't understand is that your contractor uh, needs to have WSIB and liability insurance, uh, which again, you can't get those like you, without being a proper company. You can't be mm-hmm. a proper company without uh, being an LEC. Um, if a person is injured on your property, you're liable personally as the homeowner. You can actually be sued and, and you're responsible for that person. So, so there's, a lot, uh, there's a lot to go into. It's not just about hiring yeah. a contractor. You know, you're yeah. such an interesting guy. I'm definitely going to tie you down to another day, you know, in a couple of weeks if you're available. Thank you yeah. so much for taking the time and um, have a lovely um, rest of the week and a lovely weekend and we'll chat soon. All right, sounds good. You too. Thank you, Nathan. Bye. All right, take care, Linda. Bye now.